stop. Sure you want the rest of it? Dirty Harry Miller. Dirty Harry Miller. Dirty Harry Miller Podcast. Dirty Harry Miller Podcast. Every penny's worth. Welcome to Dirty Harry Minute Podcast, the only podcast in the world to review the 1971 Warner Brothers classic, Dirty Harry. Uh, today, we are joined here with... Myself, John, <laughs> the normal announcer. <laughs> Away with the fairies. And, and Trent. Uh, and, and Ben. Okay. The minute begins with Harry walking towards a diner and ends with a moustached uh, short-order cook confirming police department. John, any notes on this one? Oh, I have notes. <laughs> um, I just noticed at the start of the minute um, A female extra is almost uh, run over by another hammerhead <laughs> I'll Flash forward to the, a future minute And I think this is just a great scene to show That Harry doesn't have much of a life outside of work In that great line The usual lunch or the usual dinner Do you know it probably took me until my third viewing Until I actually paid attention to that bit of dialogue And <laughs> realised he was didn't have a life. Yeah. You're probably distracted by the corny sort of white bread 60s yeah, pop in so. the background. I think so. Uzak. Uzak, yes. Now, I'm not sure if we touched on this. Obviously, we've touched on the Zodiac link here, but it's supposed to be a little bit based on the life of um, of the original detective Mark Ruffalo plays in Zodiac. Is that right, Tim? Oh, really? Oh, really? David Toshi? A little bit, I think, yeah. at least in the original Finky script. David Toshi, was, it, was he Japanese? No, he just, he was Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> <laughs> Interestingly enough, apparently IMDb tells us that that's where George Lucas got the inspiration for Toshi Station growing up in the Bay Area, or wherever Modesto is, that he was, he used that really? name as a little homage wow. to. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so this uh, short order cook was in Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Apparently, yeah, he was one of the judges. Either the Hino Evil one or the hand on the head or the ears, I should say. What's his name? I think Woodrow Parfi. Look him up. It's not a good look. The, the cook looks like he's eating his own food <laughs> while he's serving. Does that fill you with confidence? At least he, he's prepared to eat his own food. Oh, Maybe yeah. it's just taste testing, quality control. Oh, exactly. Um, as long as he's not like eating off my plate, like well, yeah, I, I think I can like stand that. And he's still using tongs, mm. so. <laughs> he seems a bit of a clueless character, don't you think? Like, how do I know? How do I know when he has to repeat in progress? Right? Do you think it's difficult to light like a shot like this where you've got him sitting inside and you want to capture all the, the light yeah. from outside? Yeah. yeah, I reckon. Do you like the uh, hot dogs? Do they look appetizing to you? They're broiled, apparently. Broiled. <laughs> And it did say jumbo, so they're quite big. Some interesting outfits in the back background, yeah, out the window. Um, that lady who had the multicolored poncho. Yeah, was, uh, yeah, she looks quite stunning. <laughs> or is it a pashmina or a poncho? I don't know the difference between the two. But no, it's really cool. So sorry, the, would uh, the guy here Woodrow? Um, it's IMDb saying he was a part of uh, the Mel Paso 
repertory. So, you know, ah. Seagull and Eastwood. Bronco Billy. Uh, just looking at the other ones. Is in Papillion besides that. Or oh, Papillon. Sorry, my Australian yeah. accent doesn't allow me to <laughs> speak French. Uh, a lot of television, but he's a very familiar face, uh, Ben was saying before. On Google, um, there's a lot of photos of him without the moustache. Yeah. He's quite a different man. Very, very different. But yeah, he's very familiar. And I mean, I mean, there's so many little guest spots he's done on 70s TV, which used to get replayed here, like McLeod and st- stuff like that. So yeah, that's probably where we've did, seen him. Did, did, uh, do you have his filmography in front of you? Does, yeah. Did he do a lot of stuff before this film? Yeah, 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 hell of a lot. He's got something like two hundred credits. Oh wow! Exactly two hundred credits. So I wonder what what do you what's your reaction when your agent comes up to you and says you're going to play the hot dog chef? Yeah. <laughs> um, the majority of them would have been before, or oh, about halfway. He died in 1984, so 13 years after this film. Yeah, actually, there's quite a bit of work after Dirty Harry's. But it's it's like exactly halfway, I think. Interesting. Do you like the character Ben? He seems like a funny little, funny little man. The short order cook, definitely memorable. What do they call them? Character actors? Is that? Yeah. <laughs> it's nice to see an old uh, rotary phone. You know who I'd recast in that role if this was being who? made now? John Ratzenberger from Cheers. <laughs> 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 That's who I'd put in that role. Or what about um, George Costanza? Costanza, <laughs> yeah, he he work. <laughs> Yeah. Expensive cameo. <laughs> <laughs> but you want a character actor? <laughs> Sans toupee. Yeah, see that guy who picks up the, um, the sandwiches. Oh, look at that guy. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Are they ch- uh, fries or potato chips he's got in uh, European In the style? States, don't they serve um, potato chips with... I thought that was more a European thing or something. Crisps. Crisps, as English people say. No, I think I think in the States, it's pretty common to have a, a sandwich with chips. Cr- yeah, Crisps I remember that. Call. Yeah. Yeah. On the orange juice um, machine, it seems like it says pigeon toe orange peel, um, which I think could be a nod to the band, the 60s band that did the soundtrack for Coogan's Bluff, right. which of course Siegel directed orange peel. Or maybe it's some pop cultural reference at the time, I don't know. Just and there's a box of Lipton tea. Lipton tea. I'm going to look it up. Pigeon toe orange peel. The background's funny also. We see a marine... In the background. The sailor? And he comes, yeah. He's crossing the road with the with the Pashmina lady. And then later on the minute, he um, he returns. Maybe he's trying to pick her up and no dice. And he comes back. And Harry feel, look, looks like he's having a real headache coming on. Is he trying to look incognito because he's seen the, the man in the so. car? Yeah, that was my take on it. Or he's just hungry. Yeah, he's going to have to, like, shoot somebody. Yeah. He's bracing himself. And once again, it shows um, the corny song we hear in the background, Lalo's done. He's quite a versatile um, composer. He can write, like the short order cook here, he can write up a song on order. It's sort of like a Muzak, as he's called it before, Trent. Mm. Well, look at the costumes on the extras in the background. Go with the man with the hi hat. Yeah, the yeah. hi hat and the big flowing cape. wonder what other movies they were filming on the yeah. back lot this day. That's a good point. I wonder. I wonder how much like you just got another film across the lot. Yeah, <laughs> just get the same extras. Opposite angle camera around that corner. Yeah, it's like a jury pool. I guess if you're an extra, you just hang around and oh. But that, yeah, the, I mean, this set. Um, if this was shot on the MGM, MGM back, back mm. lot, this was demolished only four or five years later. 
they sold all that land um, when MGM started to struggle a bit in the early 70s. Shame, all shame, gone. shame. A friend of mine um, went there on a uh, – they were funded by Village Roadshow, who mm. Australian company who ended up doing the, the Matrix and things like that. And he went over with uh, Byron Kennedy, who produced the first Mad Max film, on a sort of fact-finding mission for the mm. lo- the, the Australian industry. And um, they went and got to tour that lot about a week before it got demolished, and they oh. were just they had carte blanche amount of time there and just wandered and oh god, that's where blah 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 was filmed. Oh, that was where you know Notorious was shot. Oh my uh. gosh! And so it was just you know, overwhelming all these locations in one place. The set I'd like. Most to see is the just the universal one with the Back to the Future clock tower, yes, and also in the first the pilot of the Twilight Zone and heaps of other yeah that I'd burnt down the the, the tower yeah sorry in about 1991 <laughs> that burnt down uh, yeah they it was all over the news at the time but um you know what they still have at Universal or they did a few years ago. They had whatever the town was in Murder She Wrote where <laughs> Jessica Fletcher lived. And there was a scene on an episode where she's standing in the main street talking to someone. And there's a lake in the background. And you see a boat on the lake. And then you see a shark fin come across. <laughs> and then the boat go down. <laughs> and it was part of the, the tour ride where they have, you know, Jaws. <laughs> and you watch it from the other side from a cable car. And, uh, yeah, they left it in the background of this episode <laughs> of Murder, She Wrote. Obviously, this is a prelude to a bigger moment coming up. Tim, mm. you quite like it? Yeah, I think so. Well. You sort of don't, I think I like the part where um, Harry's being a bit discreet and yeah, you sort of think, Finding oh, this guy's got a bit of street smarts. He yep. he knows that something's happening in the background, interrupting his daily routine of hot dogs for lunch and dinner. Now the way um, the cook Jaffe's called, I think, Is I'm not like I'm a not- South African name, Jaffe. <laughs> I, don't I don't know. What that comes yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Ethnically ambiguous, the great melting pot of San Francisco. But when he hands him the card, he reads back, he says, police department, which makes me think he doesn't even know Harry's, Harry's just a regular customer. He doesn't, this is the first time he, he knows that Harry's a cop. Do you think? I thought, I thought. Uh, he queries, he goes, police department, as if, why would you want me to call the police department? Or why have you got a card that has your the police department? It's name on there. I, I read it more as, oh, shit, you actually want me to do something yeah. involved oh. in yeah. police work. Because because he implies back when he's asking about the lunch or dinner and he's like, the usual, uh, what difference does it make? Well, he's just a customer that's in there all the time. He's playing closed. Oh. Yeah. See, I always thought that he was a regular at this hot dog place. And yeah, but he probably doesn't divulge any anything about what yeah, he maybe does. not. Mm. He looks, he just comes across as a funny character. He's a bit clueless. He's not too disturbed. What's ha- what's this guy telling me, this customer? Okay. <laughs> you think, though, that maybe if he was in there that often, that the guy would have noticed that he's packing a fucking 44 <laughs> Magnum? <laughs> 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 yeah, like, maybe it's just so common within the, the his customers. That <laughs> like that. Everybody who comes in here has got one. Jaffe was still around <laughs> now. Probably be more common than ever. <laughs> in Yes, anyway. I was also wondering, um, do we say tailpipe in Australia or exhaust fold, what are we called? Tail- yeah. Exhaust, exhaust pipe. pipe. Exhaust yeah. pipe, man. That's pretty much all I've got for this minute, Tim. Bit short of ideas. Mm. Yeah. It's a bit of a struggle. Do you regularly visit diners like this? 
uh, no, I find I find it when they go a bit overboard. I don't I don't really like the when when it's too too much of a retro look. <laughs> My dream still is to go to Middle America in the middle of nowhere and go to a diner and have a waitress called Darlene or love you know serve me some. <laughs> Didn't get to do that in San Francisco. You ever guys uh, have you guys ever been to that chain Johnny Rockets? Yeah. Oh, it's a good kinda, name. They kind of do a theme, or like that fifties theme. But I think they're—I um, don't know if you were there when they did that uh, dance that all the waiters join in to Aretha oh. Franklin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to go to a retro fifties diner. I want to go to a seventies no <laughs> The real deal. The, the Johnny Rockets is still at Soda Rock now, I think, and they still do the dancing. And they're open to like yeah. Two I think in the that's right. Or something. I just, I just, I was kind of curious about the name Jaffe. Oh, yeah. And it says Jaffe, name meaning Jewish from, oh, right. from Hebrew Yaf or Yaf. Oh. Beautiful, pleasant, uh, a surname recorded in Prague as early as the 16th century. Ah, oh, so, so there you go. Check, check mm-hmm. Jewish name. All right. So he'd know about the golem. Oh, yes. Mm. Clint is the golem, isn't he? Well, Charles Bronson was meant to be the golem. Oh, no, he was meant to fight the golem. Uh, it, was, it was a film that proposed movie. He looks like a gingerbread man, doesn't he? A big monster. Yeah, he's like, like a gooey thing. And oh, then yeah. he, the golem arrives from Prague in New York and Bronson's a cop and has to chase him down. It never got, it was a canon thing. It never <laughs> got produced. But, yeah. I may have been wrong. There's another uh, link that says Jaffe is Irish. I, I don't know. It's the internet. <laughs> I tell you. <laughs> he seems more Irish, doesn't he? Than Don't you think he's from the nationality of Clueless? <laughs> just Let's a- just go with South African. Yeah. <laughs> he just seems like a dude minding his own business. You know, he's just—he's got his customers. He's picking up the slops for people. <laughs> Is this the most excitement he's had? In a- That's he doesn't seem too excited. It, I think. Um, oh no! Sorry. <laughs> Don't be sorry. You're among friends here. <laughs> now, I seem to recall in uh, American Sniper, there's a scene where he's on his own. What's his name? Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper, yeah, where he has to shoot a kid yeah, with a bomb. The yeah. And he doesn't have the instruction or that they leave it up to him, right, to make the decision whether he should. Yeah, something he like sh- that. Yeah. And he does. And then, like, the sister or something comes out and then picks up the – it's a grenade launcher he's got. Okay, yeah. And then she comes out and picks it up and he, so he shoots her as well. Yeah. And my problem was that I thought, you know, if that, that seems like a really – intense climactic sort of point that you know it's like what happens when you get to this sort of situation yeah and it was like the very first scene in the movie <laughs> in fact they used it in the trailer oh, well i did so, so, yeah so. <laughs> and then it's like well where do you go from there and then it got more ridiculous <laughs> and that he had like a nemesis that just didn't exist in real life the story was you know what happens when you kill like 150 people like that how do you bring that home or yeah. like what happens when you go home having done that you know yeah, I, that's what I thought was the, was the really interesting part of the movie and it was just, I don't know, kind of poorly handled. Our snipers on their own, they can control, they make their be- exercise their best judgment. On I, whether I was under the impression control. that they always worked in pairs, that there was a spotter, um, somebody who would like have binoculars who would be, you know, telling them where the targets were. Because if you're looking through the, the scope, yeah. you have a very narrow perception of the world. So you need somebody who has a little bit more peripheral vision to be able to pick targets and then tell you where they are. But I don't know with like the radio stuff if they can have a sniper in one point and then somebody just remotely telling them where to go. I imagine he probably would have had a combination of both, you know, depending on the situation, but I don't know enough about it. Funny 
Funny that you mentioned American Sniper. Who was the director? Clint Eastwood. <laughs> <laughs> is that why you brought it up? I was just trying to draw the similarities here where he's... Because Harry has, is presented with moral choices in this movie. I would think most snipers are trained like Marines, like Full Metal yeah. Jacket style, you know, just kill who we tell you to kill, don't think about it. Here, Harry's under no supervision. And I don't know, would a lesser policeman have waited for the cavalry to arrive? Well, I mean, like, you know, you were saying before that it's not super important, you know, the backstory of this because they're trying to just tell, you know, a cathartic good and evil kind of story, you know, a man triumphing over not just... The, the villain, but also the bureaucracy that yeah. kind of, if anything, like supports the ba- the villain more than the hero sort of thing. Whereas American Sniper was, I thought, disappointing because it tried to play that good and bad yeah. thing when it was really more about one man's experience of yeah. mass murder, but um, duty that involved doing this and then like being so good at his job uh, that involved killing people and then having to go home mm. and trying to you know, find meaning and purpose in his life back home and then going back to Iraq constantly. I've I only know. seen the movie once in the cinema. I'm, I'm going to see it again. But another movie I want to check out, of course, on a similar theme was Enemy at the Gates. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, I like that up. movie. There's a, there's a real um, two enemies, you know, two. Yeah. Anyway, this is Dirty Harry minutes. Um, <laughs> ben, do you have anything further no, to add? No, I'm waiting for minute 12. Oh, okay. Has anything about this scene made you hungry? Yes, definitely. <laughs> Those jumbo size hot dogs. And a broil something. <laughs> we say goodbye and... Yeah, I'll cl- I can close this one you out. You can close this one, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, thanks for listening, everyone. And you've been listening to... Dirty Harry Minute. 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 Podcast. Minute. <laughs>